Welcome to the GMC Podcast, the regular place where you can catch all the sermon series and other highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. This podcast brings you wisdom from the sermon series, The Summer of Love, with a key text from Paul's first letter to the Corinthian Church, chapters 13, verses 1 through 7. As we are challenged to understand what does love look like in our lives, both as individuals, in society, and what love should look like in a community of Christ followers. But before that wisdom from God's word, let's take some time wherever we are listening to come before the Lord and God in prayer. Father, mighty and everlasting God of all creation, we come this morning to be church, to be the gathering of your people in this particular place, here in the sanctuary at Gillespie, your place of worship in this particular part of your land. And Father, as we gather together before the throne of grace in prayer, we gather in prayer that is the cries of all our hearts in an Amen. Prayer cried and carried on the wind to you, meditated by your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, may the words in this prayer be acceptable to you and the prayers of our hearts reflect your will this day. Father, living and loving God, we come in awe and praise. Awe for the wonder of the world and the universe, the wonder of provision, the wonder of our own intricate bodies that reflect your artistry, yet are also reflections of our own sinfulness. So, Father, today as we come to worship, to hear your word, we will consider the aspects of your love that is not boastful or envious. But we know in our hearts at times we may all have boasted in the wrong things. We may have seen what others have and want to have it ourselves. A life of maybe envying those we perceive are above us and boastful to those below us. Father, what pitiful creatures we can sometimes be. Yet in your Son you offer a full and final salvation. Jesus, a way, a path to pure love. A road narrow and sometimes hard, but a road without toll or payment due. A road that only requires us to step onto it freely and fully, offering ourselves in contrite, repentant hearts. So, Father, this day forgive us all our sin, in thought and word and deed. Accept our regret, take our repentance, and cleanse us this day as we continue our road with Christ. The road that leads to the cross, the empty tomb, and on into a bright future, and the call to love. For love is God, and God is love. For Christ is love, and love is Christ. 
and in the power of Holy Spirit, may we this day display your love in us, your church, your people in this place, in this small part of your world. And we say together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. Amen. Following the prayer, I hope your heart is still and now ready for God's word today. If anything you hear from God's Word and the following sermon raises questions, then please contact us for more information about how we can support you in your faith and how you may want to support GMC in our work for the Kingdom. Now, over to our preacher. Good morning. We have two readings. Our first reading uh, this morning comes from Acts chapter 13, verses 38 to 45. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through Him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Our second reading comes from Psalm 52. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God, you who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction? It is like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you, saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. May the Lord bless this, His word to us this morning. So, We've started our Summer of Love series, 
as described in that key text series, uh, for the series, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. So, over the first two weeks, Mike has covered the first two steps. Let's see. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's what love is. Today, we start looking at things from a different perspective as to what love is, or more particularly, what it is not. The second part of verse 4 says, it does not envy. It does not boast. Love does patience. It does kindness. It doesn't do envy or boasting. There is a reason why today's message covers those two characteristics of what love doesn't look like, or does or doesn't look like, because envy and boastfulness are at each end of the same issue. And that same issue creates both envy and boastfulness. It's an obstacle which makes love difficult, even impossible. That issue is self. When we are thinking about me, well, when I'm thinking about me and you are thinking about you, if our focus is on ourselves and what we want, like, or see, then we're not going to be living a life that promotes love. Our summer of love is going to appear pretty lonely. Both of the readings today can be seen as a sort of warning against just what sort of wrong focus, just that sort of wrong focus, and the longer-term consequences. If such thinking leads us into our ongoing value system and the longer-term impact that that can have, the reading from Acts comes from Paul's first recorded sermon following the start of his ministry. It was to an audience primarily of Jewish origin in, in Galatia, although it was not entirely a Jewish audience. He, Paul speaks directly to the Jews using the history of Israel and using examples from the Old Testament. Now, we've seen that in his uh, book of Romans where he does that regularly. We can see the effect of Paul's message on his audience. As it's his first sermon, as you would expect, he's full of enthusiasm, and he gives the message of forgiveness for sin and salvation through Christ Jesus. It's the good news that we're all called to share. Unlike when we hear the message today, we encounter different responses to it. There were, there were those who listened and heard and grasped the message and didn't want to stop hearing, and they were intrigued, and they wanted to come back the following week with others to hear more. But there were also those who didn't like what they saw, and they were irritated by the result. Verse 44 was, on the next Sabbath, most, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. They hear the same message, but they didn't listen. They were religious people. They knew the Scripture. The quote from Habakkuk, they understood the message and warning about scoffing against prophecy and perishing. And yet, all they could notice was how much of a crowd they had drawn, how popular 
Paul and Barnabas were with the crowd. Both Gentiles and those from the Jewish faith, all being blessed by the Lord's word to them. And all the Jewish leaders could do was scoff and look for ways to contradict and abuse the apostles. Jealousy or envy, it, it, it's so easy to get into. Now, I don't like to judge anybody, but there's probably no one here who has not felt that stab of envy when dealing with others. Even me, I know. But as well as being easy, it can be also so very destructive because it steals joy. Many of you who have known me for a number of years will know that I really love my sport. I mean, I really love my sport. When I was younger, I would give most sports a go. I represented my school at football, rugby, cricket, volleyball, basketball. I tried athletics, though I didn't see the point in running around in circles, unless, of course, I was chasing a ball. I did sport every lunchtime at school. As a, a child, I joined the Cub Scouts simply because they played football. I just wanted to play. And if I wasn't playing, I was watching. And if I wasn't watching, I was thinking about playing or watching. My favorites have always, be, have always been football and rugby. I couldn't walk or drive past the game without stopping for a little while just to watch. You get the picture. Sad, really. Unfortunately, my passion has begun to wane a little bit. I'm not so sure I love the game so much anymore. There may be many reasons for this. You know, the usual changes in the game, you know, pampered footballers, VAR. Or it could be that I'm not able to play anymore. I still enjoy to watch and encourage from the comfort of my own home. But something has changed. And I think now I know what it is. Last weekend, I was spoiled for choice. Because uh, our dog, Rosie, doesn't know what a weekend is or what a lie-in looks like, I'm up around six o'clock every morning. So on, sa on a Saturday, we have our exercise, generally a nice, brisk five-mile walk, all bagged before eight o'clock in the morning. And I have the rest of the day to do my chores and to relax. It means I've got no guilt if I want to relax and watch sport all afternoon. Last Saturday, I watched sport all afternoon. Two games of rugby, three hours of the first day of the Tour de France, cricket 2020 highlights, two games of football from the Euros. Four sports in one day. However, as I was thinking about these games, I began to see what it was that had changed in my passion for these sports. Me, or more precisely, my jealousy. I have a jealousy of national proportions. And it's not against England as you might think. 
me being a Scot and all that. I mean, I don't necessarily like the England teams, but neither does anybody else, so that's not a problem. And I'm not jealous of them. They're good. They should be, given the resources. So I don't really concern myself with England. No, my problem is with Wales, that beautiful land of the valleys and male voice choirs. I'm jealous of their success in my sports. I don't have a problem with Welsh people generally, but it's the football and rugby teams that get me. They do better than Scotland, and I don't like it. They shouldn't be better than us, but they are, and I envy them that. And as a result, I can't ever want them to win. I can't warm to their abilities or successes. I can't even support them when they play England. And don't mention the rugby to me. The British and Irish Lions. <sighs> if a very perfectly good, exciting Welsh rugby player gets selected in front of a Scotsman, I could sit you down and you would need to take a seat because I can go on and recite numerous reasons why it's not fair and find someone else who should be selected, probably a Scotsman, but definitely not another Welshman. But I fear this mindset of mine. This is like therapy, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I feel this mindset of mine is, 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 is taking all this joy that I have out of watching my favorite sports to the point that I, I come away drained instead of uplifted. There are even times when I, I, I switch over or walk away I would never do that before. I would watch the game, then the highlights of the game, then recreate in my head afterwards, in my daydreams. But envy does that to you. It saps your energy. It takes your joy away. It disengages you and distances you from what's really important. And if I can so easily get envious about something like sport to the point where it makes me feel like it does, how much more might I be losing with envy in other areas of my life? The great evangelist Billy Graham was quoted as saying, I defy you to show me an envious man who is a happy man. And he's right. And if we're not happy, how are we going to share the joy that we should have with others? But jealousy is a sure route to losing our joy, and it needs to be addressed. Paul and Barnabas would, would know that, but they had a message for the people of Galatia. They warned the, their Jewish audience using examples that, they would, have, that would have been known. Habakkuk's warning to the Jews comes before their exile in Babylon, so they didn't pay attention. The warning that to reject the truth of Scripture, the promise of the Christ, to, to distance yourself from God, to live in that sin, is to perish in that sin. 
and to lose out on the gracious gifts of eternal life. Envy leads us to sin. It takes our attention away from what's important, from who is important, and it removes our ability to look beyond ourselves, beyond our issues, our importance. It puts a focus on the wrong things, the, the little personal irritations, which have no place in logic, despite how much we might be able to logically justify them, and gives us an importance, gives, gives them an importance to us that really shouldn't be there. How can we truly love, biblically love one another if we're looking inward and our joy is gone? Those in the crowd listening to Paul would have been filled with joy, so much so that they had to tell others and encourage them to hear the message. Their word reached the whole city, almost. At the other end of the me scale is boastfulness, where the message moves from woe is me or why not me to look at me. Like envy, boastfulness looks inward. It doesn't acknowledge the part played by others in success. As the joke goes, I used to be conceited, but I'm, now I'm perfect. When we concentrate on our own achievements, and on our own abilities, then no one else really matters to us. We begin to lose sight of others and of God, of who God is and what He has done and what He promises for us. The passage in Psalms gives a stark warning as to where that leads. Looking only at ourselves leads us to deceive ourselves in a pursuit of life's successes. The psalmist warns of the consequences, but also the better alternative choice which he opts for. I'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. Boastfulness like jealousy is a choice. But it's a choice we can only make if our focus is not on us. In our church setting, we see so many examples of jealousy and boastfulness in individuals, in congregations, and in even whole denominations. The number of factions that have split off from one another or which have been discarded must be a joy to the devil to see divided believers. We're not unique in this. Society looks enviously at one another, each trying to belittle our neighbor's efforts and promote our own. The term keeping up with the Joneses might be used. I suppose for me, it's not just the Joneses, but the Williams and the Davises and the Thomases and every other Welsh name going. But life becomes about winners and losers. Business is about the pursuit of wealth, of winning over competitors and everyone is the competition. It's all about envy. Envy drives the desire, the desire to have what others have and more, the desire to be envied, the desire 
to win. The only love is the love of success measured in the accumulation of wealth. It's love of self and a consequence of envy. But that love has no place in biblical love. The love taught in Scripture in our foundation text, Corinthians 13, if love is patient and love is kind, then it just can't be jealous or boastful. As Mike put it previously, love is sacrificial. It ignores self and self-interest and looks outward towards the needs of others. If we direct our minds and actions towards other, others, then we can practice patience. We can display kindness. We can love and we can avoid the pain caused by jealous or boastful hearts. When we accept where we are and who we are in Christ, it becomes easier to look outward with confidence. When we read the popular passage in Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13, we often focus on verse 13, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. But we often miss out on the earlier part, which shows why we can do all of this. The message version puts it like this, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned how to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Jealousy and envy don't have to take away our joy because if we can keep in mind who it is that makes us, who it is that makes us us, or who it is that lives in us, then we can be content wherever we are and we can look outwards strengthened in that knowledge and share our joy. With love, we can change the dynamic from winners and losers to winners and winners. If that's our goal, then success is to be cheered and shared. It should be used to inspire as opposed to being used to belittle. When I was researching for today, I came across one of those well-being quotes, which are put up a lot in social media, they're often a bit quite kind of self-helpish and bland, telling you just to be you or you're great as you are, which is true, but they don't really inspire me to kind of look beyond myself and reach out. This quote, however, was a little bit different, and it fitted with the subject of love, so I thought I'd share it. We should be lifting each other up and cheering each other on, not trying to outshine one another. The sky would be an awfully dark place with just one star. If we as individuals, as a church, or as a denomination, are held back in jealousy, then we're not going to be able to reach out 
and share our joy because our joy won't really be there to share. If we can't be content in knowing the effect that the risen Christ has in our lives, then we should be asking ourselves if we are really letting Him in to help change us. If we have such love inside us to share, all of us do. We do. But if it's in our hearts, but if, but if in our hearts we're focused on ourselves, we won't have that Im- impact that we would desire to have. Amen. Folks, may you know the power of Jesus Christ in your life to bring you joy into your work life, into your retired life, into your family life. And may you take it out to those you love, to your neighbours, your friends, your colleagues, and to those we don't love either as well. And may you go with that joy of Jesus Christ in your life today. May you go with the blessing of God who is our Father Jesus Christ, the living and risen Son, and with the power of Holy Spirit working in you this day and evermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen Amen and God bless. Thanks for listening to the GMC podcast from Gillespie Memorial Church in Scotland. For more details about us, visit our website, gillespiechurch.org, and search for us also on YouTube and Facebook. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page on our website or through the church office. This has been a production of the GMC team and copyright remains with the producers of this podcast. Thanks for listening and God bless.